Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds, and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC. This is Anthony Robbins host, The Reality Is Where Filtering Becomes Extinct. This is Anthony Robbins host, The Reality Is Where Filtering Becomes Extinct. So we give y'all real, real noise. <laughs> I've been lying for so long. I've been lying for so long. <laughs> Believe me, I'm probably a porno, pornoologist. We cannot continue to deny women or minorities access to a system that has everything but their input. You are now Anthony Roberts, okay. host of The Reality Is Where a Filter Becomes Extinct. This is episode 107. I have guest in the writer, the teacher, and she has a perfect phrase that I read on our uh, internet blog earlier today, and it says, every woman needs a cat suit in her closet, and that was something that stood out to me. So right now, today, episode 107, I want to introduce Ann. How you doing today? I'm doing great. So glad to be here, Anthony. I'm glad that you came on. I know we were talking a little bit before the show started, uh, kind of getting acclimated with each other and talking about some things. Before we get back on the topic we were talking about uh, before we started the show, why don't you tell people who is Ann Cook? Well, I go by Ann Live, not okay. so much Ann Cook. And that's because it's a, it's kind of my play name out there. I am in the military and I love to keep um, some sort of privacy on the side. Okay. And, and lately I just go by Ann. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so I, I'm a woman of, I would say, many faces. I didn't get into the military until I was 40. Um, I was, I'm very Christian. I've been through marriage and divorce. And I'm a single mom. So there's a lot of facets of me. And um, and then I kind of got into BDSM. So. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, now I teach couples how to have more fun together. And I, I, that's who I am. <laughs> So with the BDSM, and a lot more than that, it would take more to say. Yeah, but. no, I understand. With the BDSM, what act? I know I'm familiar with the acronyms, but if you could break it down for the listeners, what that means? Sure, it's a bondage, domination, uh, sadomasochism. And the domin the um, is there like a partic- uh, particular role for the sadism or the masculine? Like, is the masculine or the dominant? I'm sorry, not the masculine, but the dominant. Is that normally the woman? when they're in control of the man with the whips and all of that? Yeah, it's whatever, whichever person wants to be in control. There's top and bottom, mm-hmm. dominant. And I have to tell you, um, because of the Fifty Shades of Grey, um, BDSM really became, it's, it's got so much stereotype yeah. with it 
that I even have tried to kind of redefine that name because it's not always the change. And when I discovered this life, it was so exciting. There were so many things to it that I wish I would have known when I was married. That has nothing to do with humiliation, pain, or degradation. And I want to share it with everybody. So I believe relationships are going to be so much more exciting. Is that a hard conversation to have? Yes. I was going to say, is that a hard conversation to have with friends? Like, is that something that you discuss with actual close friends, the, your interest in BDSM? And if so, like, what was their thought process when you, you know, actually told them about something like that that you were interested in? Well, I actually, that's why I'm trying to re- redefine it here, because when you say BDSM to people, um, they put they their nose down at it. And yeah. Laugh. You know, it's, it's funny. You picture, you know, people, I'm just going to put it out there. You picture these over 50, kind of overweight people with leather on. Yeah. Ridiculous in their bedrooms with whips and chains. And it's it's really embarrassing. And it's not what it's all about. It's real stereotypical. And I started telling everybody, oh, this thing is so cool. This stuff's so cool. And then 50 Shades came out. And there was a whole kind of concept on that. People were interested. Yeah. Um, but then didn't want to say it in public. I quickly learned that I shouldn't talk about it, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not its not something that I, that I talk about to anymore. I'm actually, it's, it's funny because that perspective and the way you think is what actually drew me to want to interview you. And I think it was because, I think I was on Anchor. I can't remember um, how exactly we came across each other's paths. But I was listening to, I know, a couple of your uh, waves that you had left. And I was like, man, this is interesting because you really don't hear a lot of women talk the way you do. And not that you talk vulgar, but it's like you speak your mind, you talk about the things that you like and what interests you, and you you don't have to see a problem with that. You know, you see it as a preference. And that's what I actually liked about it. Oh, good, good. I don't know that, you know, I don't know that it's conversations people want to have with you. Yeah. I think that people like yourself and me and those of us that are more outspoken and have podcasts and they're out there we are willing to say the things that other people won't say and and that's one of our gifts that we give the world because when we say it it makes it easier for other people to say oh i'm not so strange yeah no it definitely does so what made you want to create a platform like this was it something personal that happened like how did you even get into the you know become interested by this lifestyle or by teaching these uh techniques and and uh perspectives to other people uh, it always does come from something personal, doesn't it? <laughs> um, well, I was married for, gosh, all together, we were together for 17 years. Mm-hmm. And sex was boring. I couldn't figure out why, and this wasn't just me, but it's epidemic. Yeah. It's something that married couples, after we all know, after so many years, you just don't have sex anymore, or you're not interested in it, or your hormones you know, go off, and you just could care less. And I thought... I I didn't want to lay next to somebody and not be interested in being with them. Like what what's going on? And um, so I when I just I got <laughs> gotcha, there's a lot there's a lot. Um, I had already been working with married couples at the church I was at uh-huh. as far as um, getting along better together through relationship um, based system a personality based system and. So when I discovered, I, I went online, and I don't know if you remember Second Life, yeah. um, but it was a computer-generated reality game 
my husband was on RuneScape at the time. My daughter was on Webkins, and I decided I wanted to figure out, you know, I wanted to do something, and I found Second Life. Yeah. And I'm a writer, so I found a writer's community, and uh, and it was it was great. I took a couple of classes online, and uh, and of course there I was introduced to the concept of BDSM and Slaves and Masters, and I was excited. Yeah. Uh, only world open for me that I couldn't take to my husband, which so often happens in social media. So then there's also relationship breakdowns between social media. And um, so, long story short, we got divorced. I evolved where he didn't. And yeah. it wasn't because of the computer game. It was because of my personal evolution and literally finding out things that excited me and what I liked. It could have been a window through a computer. It could have been a window through just going out to the beach and meeting people or clubs. I've talked to a lot of people that you know, have had the same experiences in their lives, but not, it wasn't necessarily through a computer, it was through other things. Yeah. So it's, you know, eventually with social media, <clears throat> something's going to to reach out and touch you and cause you to evolve in a certain direction. Yeah. And it's just a problem, you know, if you can't be connected in your marriage. So do you feel so, like, do you, do you feel like in a marriage? So I know a lot of times I hear people talk about, I know earlier, maybe I think it was last year. Um, I had Dr. Kat Smith on here in Dallas and I think it's, she's an entomologist. I think that's how you say it. Basically where she talks about sexual yeah. desires and she talks about how she introduces some of her clients to um, the life of having a threesome, you know, bringing someone else into the bedroom. Now, she says she really doesn't talk about it unless someone brings it to her. But are you someone that feels like bringing someone into, you know, the bedroom in your marriage or in a relationship could help the relationship? Or do you feel like that's something that you should not touch? No, I don't touch that. I am am, um, all about making marriages fun. Okay. Making marriages fun and personal sexual exploration and being free. So I kind of started, um, I started erotic fantasy journaling because I... I really started to explore and express my sexuality through writing erotica and realizing that when I was writing, I felt like, oh, I shouldn't write that. But no one's looking at the page. Yeah. And I was feeling ashamed even writing stuff down. Yeah. So if I was feeling that, other women were feeling that. And so I started my erotic fantasy journaling course for women where we all got together and had topics and we would write and kind of share what we wrote every week. And um, they were just really feeling more free so the news came out and did a segment i don't know if you saw it on the website yeah i actually yeah this actually was going to be a segment you actually went right into what my next question was so that's perfect <laughs> okay <laughs> good uh, so but, you want me to keep going yeah yeah, yeah you could go yeah i'm gonna say you could go ahead because all i would be doing was reiterating it but yeah i saw the part where the news came out and it was multiple women um it, it kind of gave me the feel of like an aa meeting because they were like in a circle and they were talking about their different <laughs> fantasies. But what I liked most about it when I watched the video was the fact that it was women of all different colors, shapes, sizes, races, and, and, and it's different perspectives. And kind of like you said, when people think about the BDSM, you know, people may look at it and be like, oh, it's just old people or, you know, um, not attractive people or unattractive people that are in these suits. But it's so funny because sometimes we only focus on those needs or perspectives or thoughts of people who are, you know, more attractive. But from the video that I saw with you doing it, you had attractive people in there, people that society may say is not so attractive, plus size women, small women. And I think it's important to get every perspective, you know, when you're talking about changing things or, you know, wanting to create a culture. So, but no, you can go ahead and explain it to everybody. Cause my questions was, how did that even come about? And 
because I know personally there are things that I feel like are too sexual for me to even discuss with my girlfriend and previous girlfriends and some friends I've had because especially in the black community anything like it's it's almost like anything that's more than the basic or whatever's a little bit above basic when it comes to having sex the black community really is not that open to it so I thought what you brought I thought with what you were doing with the erotic journaling was uh was pretty dope yeah it gets women to to open up and feel safe um, in, in almost a Bible study setting. So you're right, like yeah. sitting in a circle and yeah. sharing with one another. And, <laughs> and I just mediated, you know, <laughs> just provide the topics and mediated. And what, where else can you go where you can have conversations about sex in a safe environment? Not all women. Um, so that's kind of how it started. I wanted to start a business, and this just seemed like a really great way to go to give women handles so you can free sexually. I had a lot of men ask me, because um, I talk to a lot of people, obviously, because yeah. I, I do this and I research for my books and stuff. So I have had men say, how can you get my wife to do this or this? She feels, you know, because of her religion, she doesn't feel like she can do this. She feels guilty because of her past. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so th- this was just like kind of a gateway, kind of a gateway into the other stuff. And, so- and um, once women can feel free and safe, which is one of the biggest Things, you know, free and safe with themselves yeah. to express themselves sexually, um, and then to do to do that with their partners, then it leads to well, well what else can we do? Yeah. And so then I introduce them to all the other things. <laughs> Have you ever really ran across a couple or a uh, woman who feels like her marriage is failing because of the lack of sexual? You know, it's no incline when it comes to sex, and like you said. In your marriage, it's gotten boring or stagnant, but it's only gotten boring or stagnant because of religion. Because, you know, depending on what religion or the way you believe, it talks about, you know, certain things in the bedroom. I know the way I was raised. I even heard a, a pastor say one time that you shouldn't be having any other types of sex outside of missionary. And then that blew my mind. And I think I was like 15 at that time. And I'm thinking, well, you're supposed to have not only are you supposed to have sex with the same person for the rest of your life if you get married, but the same position as well. That just threw me. Well, again, you know, I, I can't set who I am. I'm not comfortable setting boundaries or standards for yeah. anyone's sex life. Um, that's so personal. You have to, because you have to be able to wake up, and wake up and look at yourself in the mirror and feel proud of who you are. Yeah. So whatever you define is okay with you, I support. Um, but I'm not going to push anything because I, you know, I don't know what people believe. And I don't want them to cross just because I believe that that would be right or wrong yeah. to tell you. It's, you know, still up to you that decision. So, and, and it's funny because with erotic fantasy journaling, I had a, a handful of women that have sexual problems that will come to me. Mm-hmm. And all I can do is reason them out. That I'm, I'm here so you can, you can um, get free and comfortable with yourself and have a safe place to express your sexuality and talk to other women about things and realize that you're not the only one that's having these thoughts. Yeah. And so I just really stick to the fun of it. Not fi- I'm not fixing marriages. Yeah. I'm not um, preaching positions, anything like that. And, you know, one of the things that just really gets me going even more, it's funny because people are having basic conversations about sex. You know, I'm in the military, so everyone's like, you hear stuff. And if I bring up anything, any, in any circle, like let's say that um, one very basic, really cool thing a woman can do is have um, 
have rope, like a, a clothes tie, like from a clothes clothesline, uh-huh. um, a soft clothes tie in the pillowcase, and she can take it out and wrap it around her husband, around the base of his penis. Mm-hmm. And that is just something playful and fun that you can do. You don't have to tie it hard, or you just wrap it around and uh, you know be sensual with it. And it's I can mention that to people, and they say, oh, oh my gosh. But then they're talking about the doggy style sex they had the night before, exactly. or the person. I don't know how how I don't know how much I can say on here. Oh, you can say the, you can say whatever you want to. Okay. Well, the person they gave head to, you know, behind the gas station like. <laughs> Clothesline around the face of your husband's penis. Yeah. It's just, oh my gosh! Yeah. I'm like, really? <laughs> and that just—it's like, you no. Know, we we need to change. Uh, I want to change the. Um, what? How? How would you say? Uh, I want to change that perspective, yeah. that that mindset, um, the landscape of sexuality, if you will, and mm-hmm. give people handles uh, to have more fun. It's a salad bar, not. You know, one of my big, my favorite things to tell people is it's not about the goal of having orgasms. Let that go. Actually, on my last podcast, I talk about um, about men being able to stay hard. Yeah. So we talk about that. I'm like, you know, who cares? But why, if, if you really didn't care, if you just had a good time and enjoy that thing, hard, soft, any form it is, just yeah. have a good time. I don't like, think... I don't have that. I want to play yeah. with them, you know? And, and I think that's, and I was going to say, I think that, I think society has kind of groomed a lot of our thoughts on what sex should be you know you watch a movie and it's like not to be funny you don't even see in a movie you don't even see a penis or a vagina thrusting each other you just see people moving and they're put in certain places and positions to to act out this scene and people see that and if it's not like that in their bedroom they're like oh okay and it goes back to what we were talking about before we started the show you were talking about um interviewing and talking to people or women um talking about why they make noises during sex and you said you're what you had found out so far was because uh, a lot of women are bored or they're not having fun. So it's kind of like they just make noises. Is that correct? <laughs> well, research, research <laughs> says that um, they're bored. And so they want the, they want the guy to get done. Yeah. So a lot of times they'll heighten their noise. Yeah. So they'll come quicker. Um, they're, they're, or they're in pain or discomfort. Mm. And yes, Boredom is one, and, and very uh, low percentages because it feels good that yeah. you're hearing that. Yeah. And it's so funny because I was talking to someone last night about that, and it was a male, and he said, he said, well, I learned a lot of guy codes by what I do. He said, to be honest, men really don't care. I said, I said, what, what, how would you feel if you knew that that she really didn't have an orgasm? He said, men really don't care <laughs> if the woman has an orgasm or not. You know, I, I actually didn't until about, I, I probably didn't care as much until probably my last girlfriend. And then it was because, I mean, you, as you get older, when you're young, all you're thinking about is just you have the opportunity to have sex with a woman who's allowing you to have sex with her. And you're just trying to make sure you do what you think you need to do, even though you may not know what you're doing. But once that, you know, once you get ready to uh, climax for a man, it's kind of like, I mean, it's nothing else you can do, you know, and most men don't think about the woman, which is why that also caused, uh, causes dissatisfaction in certain relationships because like you said, a lot of women don't go in looking to just have fun. They go in with an end mission, same as men. We want to, you know, we want to come or climax from having sex. People don't look at it as having fun. And I can probably say I've had one or two, uh, intimate relationships with women to where, like you said, whether I was hard or soft, 
they just enjoyed the company and just being naked together and doing things. And if it led to sex, that's fine. If I got one before she did, she didn't care if she did before me. It was still it was just still having fun. But people don't really look at it like that. Right. And that, well, it was interesting what he said, too, was um, to, as far as to satisfy a woman, it's really for his ego. Yeah. It's for not whether or not he, he's happy that she's satisfied, but most men, younger men, yeah. are just, it's their ego. They want to get her off. So Very they don't true. care, really. Very true. Because, I mean, for, for me... They we, want to get her off for their ego's sake, not yep, for her satisfaction's yep. sake. And that's very true. I've been there, too, because it's one of those things, especially when you hear women talking and it's like, oh, guys can't last long and I didn't get mine. And it's like in your head, like you said, it is an ego stroke to where it's like, well, if nobody else has been able to do this, if I can do this, I've done something that no other man or most men haven't done before me. So, it, like he said, it, he's correct. Right. He's spot on with that. That's true. <laughs> I want And here's another thing. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you're fine. Go ahead. Oh, well, it's kind of taking a turn. But the other thing is, uh, we could talk about sex all day long, but I also provide ways that people can take it out of the bedroom. Because, uh-huh. you know, it starts in a woman's mind. Yeah. And I know some men, it starts in their mind. But mostly for women, it's going to start in their mind. And there's so much you can do outside of the bedroom. It doesn't even involve the act of sex, mm-hmm. that flirting and playing together, being together, and you know, getting at each other ready. To, to want to be together and yeah. actually giving each other affection. Affection, that's just affecting one another when you give affection. And so to, to affect one another outside of the bedroom so that it makes more fun inside of the bedroom. That's what I'm in the business of too, more than anything. Have you found out with uh, with the meetings uh, for the erotic journaling, have you found out through those sessions if one race is more sexual, uh, sexually inclined than the other? Or have you not it's paid funny. attention to that? Um, well, not specifically with those. Yeah, I I mean, I'll just say um, the black women are more confident. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would, and out of that confidence comes freedom with who you are. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes. So black women are just more, um, they're more free and more open. That's what I have learned i don't know if that's what you're expecting to hear no it's the, i mean it's actually the total opposite and it could be based off demographic really or, yes because we've had the conversation i think episode one of my podcast my very first podcast was about interracial dating and several times throughout um me being on podcasts we talked about me and black men have talked about how you will find more white women that are more sexually inclined and advanced than you do black women and i've heard from listeners they'll you know some black woman to call in or they'll email and they'll say well that's not true you know it depends on what part of the, the country you're in well i'm in texas i'm in the south and it's my experiences is the times that the, the times i've dated white women i mean i had more sex i had better sex and the sex was fun with the black woman it got to that point but it took a while for us to get to that point because it was so many no's before it was yeses as opposed to dating a white woman it's like if you're with them they're with you and it's like i mean from day one if y'all start having sex that's pretty much what it is but i've dated black women and, and are e- you saying white women are easy no i didn't say that <laughs> but <laughs> i feel like if you're in a relationship and you're dating them if you guys want to do that you can do that but i think it's from from what i've seen and, and like i said we've had the conversation on a podcast and i've heard black women say we were raised a little different, you know, we were raised to where, 
you know, we judge a lot in the black community. You get judged a lot. Gays get judged a lot. And people who are very sexually inclined get judged a lot. So it's one of those things to where it's not that a lot of black women don't want to do things or uh, be free or liberated to to be sexually inclined. It's just that their upbringing teaches them that it's a penalty that comes with that sometimes. And that's what I've heard, not my personal experience. Well, so that was and, definitely and again, unexpected. Yeah, well, I mean, and again, you're talking about, um, it's interesting. Yeah. So there's there's the act of sex and how people are sexually. But then there is is getting someone to open up mentally through doing things. Like, picking, like there's so much in the BDSM world, for instance, uh-huh. that I saw that was really cool that people could incorporate in their relationships that would be a turn on and it would keep them attracted to one another that they could then their bedroom life is going to be more fun and it's like bringing new things i can give you a couple examples and when you do new things together it increases your dopamine which Mm -hmm. is the passion hormone that's one of the reasons i really want to do this like you get bored of the same old uppy downy i mean okay so i can go for another flavor a white girl or a black girl but it's still the same thing. Yeah. It's still the same moves, really. There's only so much variation you can do. Yeah. There's only three haircuts. On, did you know there's only three haircuts that really you can give? When I was in cosmetology, I learned that. <laughs> there's really, I don't care what Kama Sutra says, yeah. you know, only so many positions, but to engage together, like outside and get into, to get into her mind, you can get a woman to do anything for you, no matter whether she's black, white, Asian, nothing. doesn't matter. So, you know, getting to know her and doing things for her, and same with her with you. Mm-hmm. Um, ways that you might text her, things that you can leave out for her, like on the counter. I don't know if you heard one of the. I started to do um, 30 days, 30 ways to be with your lover, but it was cut short because Anchor was dropped. So <laughs> having to put it on a different platform. And that's what I was going to ask but, you. Um, so, so Anchor is no more. They have a new anchor. Have and you been on a version two? I just got on it today and it threw me for a loop. Nothing was the same, as Drake said. I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Well, it's more podcasty, so you can use that. Yeah, I did see that. Um, it allows it allows you to connect a little bit easier. It's kinda like they control almost who listens to you as opposed to you having to go and click on this and that. But I just kinda I got back on it and I actually got back on to see if you had posted anything as of late. Um, before we did the interview today, but when I got on, it just threw me off, and I got right back off. So I was like, I don't <laughs> yeah, know if this is I did, I, I did actually have something in a, a – have you ever used Clamor? No. I love but, Clamor, C-L-A-M-M-R. Yeah, no, I haven't seen it, but uh, when I was reading your website, I think it came up somewhere. I was reading something um, in reference to you, whether it was on Anchor or your website, and I saw that you mentioned that, but I, I've never used it before. Yeah, it's a really cool way to advertise your podcast. Okay. You're doing advertising, but it's uh, it's really cool. We can talk offline about it, but um, anyway, so yeah, the thirty ways in thirty ways to be with your lover. I mean, there's things that you can do outside of the bedroom that make inside of the bedroom much more exciting, and and I think that's also the conversations aren't happening like they can. Mm-hmm. And that's I'm trying to encourage those conversations between couples and give ideas, yeah. give creative ideas to men and women to do that you would never have thought about. They were so easy. Yeah. Like uh, one of them that I had given was uh, leave 20 bucks on the counter, 20, 50 bucks, whatever your financial taste is, with a note that says go buy a pair of panties today yeah. and wear them for me tonight. Or send me a picture of them yeah. when you have them on. Uh, 
you know, pick out her clothes for her. That's just one night, yeah. you know, or for her to ask you to pick out, pick out an outfit for me, like, and I'll wear whatever you say. Um, you can incorporate um, obedience and depending on your style, whatever style of person you are, again, we go back to the, um, remember when I was in church, I was teaching the behavioral um, style, the personality styles. Uh-huh. It actually fits really well with, um, with the BDSM, with what kind of sexuality you like, because we're all different. And then you connect with someone opposite of you, and and you have those differences you bring to the relationship too. So there's there's a lot that has to happen outside of the bedroom to make inside of the bedroom awesome yeah. and also lasting. Really, I agree. Do you feel like do you feel like a lack of intimacy for an um, extended period of time can be the demise of a marriage? And do you and, and if that marriage can survive that, do you think? that it's possible, which is because this is something that you do. Have you ever seen like a marriage or a couple that you've worked with or an individual that you've worked with who felt like, hey, I'm checking out. Intimacy is not there. I don't know if it'll ever come back. And have you been able to work with someone to get them back to the point of intimacy with their mate? No, no, I've never met. I've never met people that have come back from it. Yeah. One couple through miracle of prayer and you both have to want it. That's very true. You both have to want it. Um, you know, a marriage is a contract. So this is one thing I get really angry at. If you get if you get married, you are responsible to stay fit or to to an extent. You keep your finances, you stay financially fit, you keep a job so you can pay the bills. Why don't you keep your body fit too? Yeah, that's now, uh, this to me. is aside from it's aside from health issues and people do go through things. Life does happen. Yeah. Okay? But I, I have a responsibility to stay sexy for my husband. Why? Because I'm going to feel good about myself. You know, things are going to be better for us. It's part of the contract. And yeah. same for him. I've talked to a lot of men and women that they tell me that their spouses let, let themselves go. They're not attracted to them anymore. They don't know what to do. And uh, so that's another that's another thing. Let go of their health. They let go of all of that. Um, you just kind of not don't see yourself responsible for the person you're with anymore. Yeah. <laughs> If you get married, you really, it's no more, uh, you know, I can just go out and get a ticket and never pay it. Yeah. And if they take me, you know, you have to keep those things in check. Ugh. And that includes yourself. Yeah, that's definitely true. spiritually and emotionally. Yeah. I think men have that issue for the most part to me that I've seen. I see a lot of guys who are not in shape or haven't been in shape in a long time, but they want a woman that's like that. And it's like, dude, come on, for, be for real. You're not in shape, <laughs> but you're out here requesting that your woman be in tip top shape. And social media hasn't made that any better because all you got to do is look at a Instagram or Facebook or whatever the case may be. And you have a, a half naked you know, woman on the page. That was my next question, too. Have you met anybody in, inside your meetings or your groups to where people feel like they are competing with porn or competing with the women on social media? Because there are a lot of men. I, I have a friend who's married. And she says that when she's walking through Walmart getting groceries with her husband, he will not put his phone down and he's watching porn. He's not playing video games. He's watching porn. In front of her, huh? Yes. In front of her. Wow. Yeah. I mean, that, again, I don't know what to say to that. I've never met anybody that's 
that has done that surprisingly. Now, how old is that couple? Um, I would say between 35 and 40, with her being the youngest. Huh, that's interesting. Because most of the people that, that I meet are surprisingly have old-fashioned ideals mm-hmm. in their marriages, even with social media. Um, they're still hiding and lying and doing things behind each other's back, yeah. you know? But out in the open like that, that's pretty bold. And um, and there it just comes to a person having confidence in themselves and setting boundaries. And what what kind of life do you want? What kind of life do you want? So that's I I have no I haven't uh, women as far as competing. Uh, I normally over the age of forty is most of the women I work with, and at that point they're very um, they begin to get very self confident and proud. They've worked through a lot of issues, and you know. So they're in a different place. Yeah. So no. <laughs> so I, I had a personal question for you, and, and you don't have to answer it. You can answer it if you want to. But I was I was thinking back as you were talking in reference to your marriage, and I know you you said sex had got boring and things had changed, and you uh, ultimately outgrew him. Do you feel like you've gotten to a point since you've been divorced, and you've kind of gotten to know yourself better and more inclined? Do you feel like you could go back to that marriage? Or do you feel like anytime people break up or have a divorce that you should just move on? Because something, it was something at some point that broke you guys up. There's not a day that I haven't considered that in my life. Could I go back to him or would I, or should I? Mm -hmm. Um, He has made it such that that would never happen. Yeah. Um, And I have changed too much. Yeah. So, you know, I can't really answer that question. It's not interesting. I, I, things could change tomorrow in some, ra- you know, radical way. But it's definitely not something I'm trying to go back to. Yeah, I like change so much. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it does. It definitely does. It was pretty much yes or no. So any kind of elaboration was perfect. I was looking at a. I was looking at one when I was going through your website today. You had a part where it says. Um, try a hot toddy date night and the mission was for the intimate couple to just relax together uh, wearing comfortable clothes and watching movies kind of like the millennials now and day Netflix and chill but the kicker was you had a section about what to wear and you said ladies wear your man's t-shirt like you did when you first met and you said men wear her panties or not (laughs) and when I read that I was like I don't know if she's being, being for real or not but that's one of the questions I wanted to ask you. Were you being serious when you said that? Or was that just kind of like, because I know your your whole approach on your website is very straightforward. It's honest. And sometimes it can be comical. So I was wondering, I was like, was that real or fake? Or was she just, was that just, <laughs> hey, just kidding. It was both. Both, okay. It was both. It was both. It was funny. And, and also, it was like, some guys would not do that. But yeah. some guys would want to. And hey, maybe that's permission. Maybe it'll, maybe it'll, maybe the joke will open him up and he'll, he'll do it. Maybe he'll like it. What would your thoughts be if you had a guy that was like, Hey, I want to wear your underwear. I think this is sexy. Let's, let's connect. What would be. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of guys like silk. A lot of guys like the feeling of silk, Uh the feeling of panties. I knew one guy that, um, he, uh, it was interesting. He really liked lace and silk panties, but he did not want to tell his girlfriend, but he would wear them. So the more I talked to him, I found out that his mother died when he was young. And I think it was a way, believe it or not, of a connection. connection with his mother. And mm. yeah. yeah. So for him, it was different. But he, he was the most radical one I knew. But I've known other guys that make videos with them just to be funny. But yeah. 
they end up liking it. Nah, so I wouldn't look good in panties. I don't think I'd try like, that one. Well, if you could do that, just let, let's say that you like the feeling of nylon. Like uh-huh. when two people have nylons on and their bodies are rubbing together, that could be very erotic. So that's really freaking weird for a guy to wear nylons. Some people would say. Mm-hmm. Um, but if your if your spouse, if your wife was totally, if you were comfortable laughing at yourself, yeah. never took yourself too seriously, and so was she, and you could just have fun with it. Imagine what that would open up. I think a lot of men. It's hard for a lot of men to open up now. Me, I'm 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 very transparent on the podcast. Some people tell me I go too far. Now I wouldn't wear panties. I would probably I could probably get down with a latex suit. Both of us wearing like some kind of latex. I may be able to get with that. Yeah. And as far as men's ego, I think it's just hard for men to do because I don't know a lot of men, and it even took me a while. But I don't know a lot of men unless they are super comfortable or married to where. They only want to be seen. I've, I've read something not too long ago where it was like most men only want to be seen when they're either erect or they're in the process of becoming erect. That point where it's kind of like you're not on hard, but you have some weight in your penis and it's not like, you know, uh, flaccid, small, you know, like you just got out of the shower. So it's an ego goes so deep with a man to where if they can't stand in front of their woman when they're not erect, it's kind of hard for most dudes to even channel something differently inside of them to say, Hey, let me wear this for her. You know, even if it's just a pair of briefs, some dudes just feel like, nah, that ain't manly to be dressing up and doing this. But like you said, you have to change your mindset sometimes if you want that intimacy to grow, that connection to grow. Yeah. I, and I certainly wasn't, uh, I wasn't encouraging men to do that. Oh yeah. I was just making the little joke that maybe it would open up that for the maybe small percentage that would be like, let's do it. What the hell? You know, let's try this. (laughs) Which you just made me laugh though when you said flaccid because my last podcast and I have yet to get another one up because I went from a nightly to a weekly oh. um, format. But my last one I made fun of flaccid dicks, but I didn't make fun of them. I I, I talked about them yeah. and I gave possible cure is apple cider vinegar. But apple cider <laughs> vinegar is a cure for flaccidness. Yes, it's a natural cure. Mm. A possible natural cure. Yes, and it also helped you sleep better. <laughs> yeah, well, th- those two go hand in hand. If it's good, that would be a great yeah, thing. That's true. Now, I was going to ask, um, what would you tell someone who's sexually inclined, um, but they feel like they have yet to reach that that peak because their partner uh, doesn't actually care to to go along with them? And what I mean by that is like somebody who may be in a relationship, they like to have sex three or four times a week. They like to do different positions, but their partner may be like once a week, once every other week. And they don't really care to do a whole bunch of other things like where for the male or the female, it's like, hey, I have to have this. It's a need almost. And for the other person, it's like, I want it, but I want it every every blue moon. What would you tell that person who's more sexually inclined than their partner if they're having a successful relationship still? But the sex is just not that. Well, it is a person-by-person basis. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I would do is look at the, the Wix relationship system of what kind of, what's your firebrand. Let's find out what's going on and what are some other things you could do that would be exciting besides just getting the nut. Mm-hmm. And maybe excite the other person that to want to do a little bit of different stuff. Um, they both have the responsibility to each other. Mm-hmm. So if one person needs to have an orgasm, which I find that hard to believe with women anyway. But if one person needs to have an orgasm five times a week and the other person needs to have one once a week and you're having a good relationship, like you said, then masturbate together or masturbate in front of each other or one person 
you know, start getting off on, on that or yeah. use your mouth. So you're not the one that's going to come, but you might enjoy, um, do some cock worship, yeah. you know, get into that and just enjoy that. Now, when you say but cock it, worship, equally, when you say cock worship, you have to explain that. Now, I think I, <laughs> I, I know what that is, but. I know a lot of other people won't know what that is. And I wanted to tell you, too, before you explain what cock worshiping is, I like the fact that you're just talking unadulterated and saying every word without plugging it or changing it up. Because to me, and I know a lot of other men, it's sexy when a woman just says what's on their mind. To me, anyway. I don't care if it's sex or business. I like a woman who knows what she likes and what she wants and knows what she needs. So with that being said cock worship and what is that for the listeners okay well well first i want to explain that i have you know on my my course that i sell has 400 different things you can do together cock worship is just one oh. so to name you know to give you different ideas of things you can do so um and and there's a lot to it but it's basically objectifying a body part a man could worship a woman's pussy too yeah he could totally do that too if if he a lot of men don't need to come a lot of men you know like to do that to a woman um, and just enjoy doing that and she wants it all the time so um, but what is cock worship it's objectifying a body part so uh, and there's ways that you can actually train a woman if she's willing to be trained and again this goes back to the relationship and talking about these things like wow did you know people train each other to do this you could train her to worship your cock to where she just gets off doing that she just like not just but she enjoys that so much that that becomes a a form of worship for her and and vice versa for for a man uh, to worship a woman in that way that sounds amazing I, I was telling somebody I had a sexual relationship at one point in time and literally I would say 75% of our relationship was her I mean I guess you could say cock worshiping but it was like all she liked to do was give oral sex and I almost felt like I was cheating her because I was like I'm not doing anything you're not asking me to do anything and when I try to do something you tell me this you know you basically just tell me to sit there now while that's all well and good if that's that was something I wasn't used to so I literally used to always feel like I'm cheating her I'm using her but like you said some people actually get off on giving more than they do receiving anything that's true um a lot of women a lot of times uh we have codependence Uh without talking about that a lot of women feel codependent um and they're just gonna give and give and give and that's also how they get rewards and so i would still find a way to give to that woman yeah i would still give her you know i'd still in your head like especially if you're feeling that way oh yeah because that's definitely how i felt felt like i was stealing something robbing period and especially because I mean, she wants was. to say? <laughs> go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're fine. So, well, who, you know, no woman, want, woman wants to say, um, yeah, I feel like I'm doing this too much, and you should give me more. I mean, it's, I mean, some women do want to say that, but yeah. not every woman's going to say that. Yeah. I guarantee you. <laughs> no, but that, and, and I definitely felt like I was still in something, and, and it was one of those points to where I, I had to let her know, hey, let me do this. This is something I want to do. Because it, like I said, it just didn't feel right always getting something, regardless of whether she was initiating it or whether I was doing it. I just felt like I was robbing her. So I definitely don't, I definitely don't like that. Even though I've learned that people have their own fetishes and, you know, little things that get them off and it's different for everybody else. But that one was just one that made me feel uncomfortable after a certain period of time of getting it like that. Right. Right.
So why do you feel like um, with what you do, why do you feel like sex, why do you feel like people think sex, talking about sex is so taboo? Oh, this is such a rough one. You know, I have kids, so it's, it's hard, like, it's hard to subject. It was hard for me to go with. It's hard every day. I think about it. Um, you know, they say when you choose, I know this isn't your question, but it does, no, it does answer the question in the end. Um, when you choose a business, you have to wake up every day and want to do that and you want to make a change. And, um, I looked at my history, the past, since I started with the erotic fantasy drilling courses, I've always gone back to the topic. And I've kept it as classy as I can. Um, I don't, you know, not every woman wants to go into a sex store with dildos hanging off the wall. Mm. It's just gross, okay? Like, a lot of people are like, really? I think it's great. And that's good for them. I'm not for those people. The people that I'm, I'm going to connect with are the ones or resonate with me are yeah. the ones that don't want to do that. That's not, they're not going to want to do that on any, you know, it's just not their thing. I even had to drink before I went to my first sex store. Actually, I was over 30. Yeah. And uh, when I finally went back to one with a friend, we had a couple glasses of wine. And then I didn't know when you buy a vibrator, they have to open it to make sure it works. Oh, They're man. standing there while they open it, <laughs> put batteries in it, turn it on. You're like, what the heck? <laughs> so it's not everybody's cup of tea. So um, why is it taboo? It's, it's just uh, it's such a good question. It's privacy. Yeah. You know, I did the Southern Women's Show, and um, I have sex, I have love scene candles that you rub on you. They're actually made of soy, which, just a tip for all your listeners, any soy candle you can um, rub on a body and just rub it in like lotion. Mm. And the, the flashpoint is not going to burn. It's going to be a little bit shocking. It's a little bit warm, but it will not stick like wax, and it will rub in like lotion. Mm. It's amazing. So I make them actually, and I sell them with different, you know, different smells and different formulas. But um, and they're called love scene candles. So I went to the Southern Women's Show to demonstrate these, and I had the um, my erotic fantasy drilling news piece playing on the big screen, and you know, the responses I got from women at different ages were just amazing. But especially the older women, they're like, "I'm not going to talk to you about my sex <laughs> No way! It's none of your business." I said, okay, that's great. Like, I, 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 I good. I'm happy for you. Um, so, you know, in in life, the more private you are, the less you're going to learn, and the slower that you're going to learn. And I know you can get on and Google stuff. Yeah. But the more people talk about stuff together, you we learn from each other. That's how we grow. That's how we evolve. So, um, the fact that it's taboo, um, I mean. I just don't, I don't know what to say to that. Yeah. I just don't, uh, I don't know that it should, I, I, I think that it should be taboo, mm -hmm. a portion of it. I don't think everybody should be having discussions. First of all, we have kids. We have kids in this world. Yeah. They don't need to hear all this. They hear enough of it. Um, but then on the other hand, you know, songs come out, things come out that's just pretty out there. Yeah. So, you can't you know, I don't it. know what the answer is. What do you think? Uh, Honestly, it, it kind of echoes yours. I think it's taboo because it's kind of like pay is just people are people may feel more inclined about it. Some people may not want to talk about it. Some people may feel like like you said before, some people may feel like, well, if I like oral sex and I like to swallow and then this person just says, well, I like to give oral sex, but 
I don't believe in swallowing. Some people may feel like because that little bit of a difference, it may be offensive. It may be embarrassing. And like you said, some people I've met people who tell me about their sex lives and things that they've done. And they and for them, it was like Mount Everest. But when I heard it, I was like, oh, that's just a walk around the park. But I didn't say that to that person because but I think it's those types of conversations where you make a person feel a certain way or judge them makes people not want to talk about sex. Right. I think well, it's kind of the same thing. To I me. Really, Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, I really, I normally like the conversation you and I are having right now. Mm-hmm. It's way more candid than I normally have with any woman. Believe it or not. Yeah. I, I, ha- I talk about subjects. I help people with things to do outside of the bedroom and understand and so understand one another. Um, what is your sexual profile? Mm-hmm. Like what kind of things might, what, what are some ideas, things that you might like? Um, anything from, again, doing the slave master thing, describing punishments to weird things like like wearing the panties or tying the rope line around the, the penis, yeah. That, that are very, um, they're pretty benign, but they're very exciting and different mm-hmm. than the normal, uh, I, I would say crude, like, you know, if I, if I will give oral sex and swallow, like, I normally never have those conversations. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying they're wrong. It's just um, I'm being very candid with you right now, whereas normally even even those things aren't. aren't um, because I feel that it's different with every person also. So you have a different energy with everybody you're with. Yeah. You might do something with someone that you would never do with somebody else, ever. No, I'm pretty wide open. And, and that's, I think that's the thing. When people talk to me, they realize that. And it's, yeah, it's pretty much nothing I won't say. Because I believe in if I don't say it and I don't explain it to you, the way that I like it or the way that I want it, how do, how can I expect you to make me feel good or, you know, to, to keep my attention sexually? Right. So, well, I hear what you're saying, but I'm talking about, um, different relationships are going to have different energy. Oh yeah. yeah. So especially if you're operating outside the normal traditional, well, I like, I like to swallow, you know, but if you're doing more than that, if you have more of a variety, um, you know, okay. So we'll just get crass. Um, (laughs) we heard from, Trump had uh, prostitutes urinate on him, supposedly, and yeah. everybody was disgusted by that. I was not, because I know so many men love that. Yeah. Now, have I ever done that, or what I would? That's that's not a conversation that I, that I would have with anyone. Yeah. Um, but certain men might like to get that, and and certain women might be able to do that, or certain relationship dynamics may have that in their relationship where they would never have it with another person to get with. Yeah because of comfort levels or a different time in your life, you know, seasons and times change and things that you like change kinks and fetishes as you grow. Yeah. So I wouldn't say that like Trump probably always wants to be urinated on. Maybe he tried it that night. That's just something he wanted to do then. (laughs) Right. I mean, so would he get with every woman and be like, I I want you to, yeah. Yeah. I've got to be pissed pissed on me. (laughs) I mean, I don't, I don't know. You know, maybe somebody that I've always liked that and maybe he just, wanted it with those prostitutes that night so that's something when i heard about that the first time i even thought about or heard about somebody urinating on someone was uh do you know the r&b singer r kelly uh no okay quite the same of my hershey stains I want to pee in your food. Open the thing to make my life complete when I turn your face to a toilet seat. I want to pee on you. Yes, I do. 
But he was an R. He's an R and B singer, and I think it was like early two thousands, late nineties. And he's a grown man, and some some videos came out about him urinating on. I think she was like sixteen or eighteen, and he was like thirty something at that time. So, and of course, the videos when the internet really just started becoming big. I saw the video. And it's always got to be with some younger person yes. or some prostitute yeah. or something. It yeah. can't just be a normal couple. Can't just be a normal couple. You know, Mary and Jane like to pee <laughs> on each other, you know? <laughs> no, it's always something outlandish or crazy, but that was the first time I saw it. And when I saw it, I just, I was like, no, nah, I can't do that. No, I wouldn't want to do well, it to somebody and, see, and I wouldn't want it done to me. See, and here's the thing. Here, here's, that's why I'm in the business of exposing, opening people's minds uh, to new things they can do together. Um, I do believe in my relationship with my husband and my ex-husband, if we would have had a whole palette of colors available to choose from, we may have lasted. There would have been more there because he really likes control. He's a controlling uh, person. So there's different, there's four basic styles of behavior and his is controlling. And, um, and we could have had fun with that. Yeah. He really liked to have the porch light on when he came. Yeah. You could have said no if you don't if you don't have it on. I'm going to give you this banky. Yeah. That could be a could have been a fun thing Very between nice us. Yeah. Now that has nothing to do with getting the nut. Yeah. But it has everything to do with getting to that place of being turned on by that person because they that we're affecting each other's day. Yeah. We're showing each other affection outside of the bedroom. That's that's a real turn on. And that's very and important. Just, I said that's very important, like showing some kind of affection or intimacy outside of the bedroom, because I think a lot of people just limit intimacy, emotion and, and things like that only to the bedroom. But it, like you said, it sometimes you have to spark it elsewhere for it to even get to the bedroom. Well, you have to or it will never last. I mean, if you want a girl wrapped around your finger or a guy, I mean, you, you have fun outside of the bedroom. Yeah. If it's just in the bedroom, there's just no. Yeah, you have to make those connections. Well, and, getting... and to do that, you have to learn one another, which yeah. takes more than three days. <laughs> yeah, because a lot of people... I'm old-fashioned, yeah. believe it or not. No, I'm still old-fashioned <laughs> when it comes to that, too, because it's a lot of things that, that a lot of people try to move too fast. I mean, I know for me, even friends, I've seen people get married in six months to a year. And I'm not saying that I have a problem with that, but personally, I tell people all the time, I need to date her for at least, not date her, but... If I'm thinking marriage, I need to at least put two years in. I need to see how she is around my family, her birthday and holidays and different situations. The next year, I need to she needs to see how I am around her, uh, my family and vice versa. Like, I just think it's things that people don't know before they really start, you know, signing up for the long haul when, when speaking of marriage. But I definitely think so, that is a real so thing. So let, let me ask you this. Uh -huh. uh, again, uh, let me ask you this about the four behavioral styles, okay? okay. So. I'm, I'm going to kind of see what yours is and what kind of woman you probably would be the best with. Okay. Do you want me to do that? I am ready. Okay. So we have four styles of, of sexual behavior. So and I won't even say sexual behavior. What, what's your passion style? So there's the, the fire starter, there's the fire watcher, the fire igniter, and the fire keeper. And each are, some are more dominant, some are more submissive. So I would ask um, are you more, um, in, in general, are you more active or more passive? I'm more active. Okay, I would, I would say that. That's <laughs> what I wanted you to answer. <laughs> so you're a more active person. Now, are you more into the, the project at hand, getting the, the job done, or are you more into people? I'm more into people. Okay, 
So you're more active in your morning people. Let me ask you, are your are your clothes usually in style? Yes. Do you have in, in style clothes? Are, are you the life of the party? I would like to think I am. I just was last okay. week in New Orleans, so I think I am. Okay, so you are. <laughs> oh, we have to hear about that. That's not the story. <laughs> so you're, based on just those few questions, I could say that you're probably, I mean, without talking, you're um, igniter in you, mm-hmm. but you ignite the fire. Someone might get it started, but you come in and you ignite those flames. Yeah. You keep them going, which means that you like creativity. That you like, you might even like a little role play. You might like your girl to wear a wig one night, bring a little different thing to the table that hasn't been there before. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. Keep it, keep it interesting. You might get, uh, you could, you probably talk to relieve stress. I do. Okay. So yeah, yeah. Um, and and you may end up. So being that you're the fire igniter, um, people that are attracted to you are people that need their fire ignited. And that's uh, that's so unfortunate. Yeah, that is very unfortunate. Because I, as well as I am that type of person, it's one of those things. Like you know, when you think of BDSM, to go back to your initial statement in reference to BDSM, for me, in my perspective, when I watch movies, I normally see the guy who's in control of his life, who's very wealthy, who he's pretty much in control. But when he leaves his wife or he goes somewhere else, and he'll have some madam that's whooping on him beating on him he's wearing a pamper or have a red rubber ball in his mouth and it's like <laughs> even though they're in control i like to look at myself as that person i'm not rich but you know i you know i have a, a good job and you know i do well for myself and it's like i control most of the things that are in my life so when it comes to sex as well as i am a fire igniter it's like i do want a woman to kind of if especially if i'm in a relationship with her kind of throw herself at me you know and, and maybe that's a role play not all the time but you know do these things that you know i like or things that will help me get ignited or you ignite the fire but i, I was just saying a couple of weeks ago on my other podcast i think most of the women that I end up dating or getting with long term i have to teach them things or they're more uh wholesome than they are um a lady of the night if you yeah. You will bring more creativity to the table than most of the women that you get with. Unless you get with someone that's, that's like you, and then you're both competing for that space in the room. That sounds like good sex, me. though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it does. Uh, yeah, it, what's funny, you work together differently than you do. Yeah. Uh, in the, not every not every style is going to be well together, both through working together as a couple and having sex together. Yeah. But, um, you're also you're the type of um, you could do either or you could be in control or you could let her have control. Yeah. So what you you like to um, fire igniters? It's really they care about what people think. They do. You do. Um, and it's not it's not a bad thing. It's just a style. It's a it's a you know you care about getting people's approval. You want to do the right thing. It's a good thing. So. Um, before I was gonna say before we get ready to get off here, I wanted one question. I always try to ask um, when I interview people. You I always try get to, off. If, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but and it, yeah, that's definitely appropriate for the conversation. But I was gonna ask you. Um, I, I haven't. I think you may be the second or third person um, 
and I have to say this white person that I've interviewed or talked to and I always ask this question to black people and white people but I get more responses from black people being that most of my guests are black or the people that come on are black but what are your thoughts on interracial dating I, I see like the climate is changing on even in, in the media and um, on TV shows, you see more interracial couples, whether it be black and white, whether it be Asian and Hispanic or Asian and white or whatever the case may be. But what are your personal thoughts on interracial dating? Personal thoughts with regards to, like, would I do it? Or yeah, would, would you do it? Do you think people should do it? Um, do you think it's changing? Do you think it's, you know, like better for, I guess, uh, society for people to actually cross that line of, of dating into different races and understanding each other and do you think it's breaking down any barriers or is just something that's uh i don't care about it oh i think i i don't see color i was raised in uh california okay. so i really i i never saw color till i came to the south i never i never understood like i would see these shows and uh, Jerry Springer and stuff about KKK. I'm yeah. like, why? What's the issue? Yeah. I don't understand what the issue. Is. Then I came to the south and realized, oh, it's an issue. You see it's it, not yeah. an issue in California. Um, it really is a real melting pot. So I wasn't raised um, that it's even a thing. Like yeah. I, 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 I don't like so much attention. Saying don't like is the wrong word. If you're gonna, uh, if you're gonna make an issue out of something, it's gonna bring attention to it and make people think of it. Very true. Um, Otherwise, it's it's fine. So, I, I would have never thought. Okay, I would have never thought Black Lives didn't matter. Yeah. Until everybody's like Black Lives Black matter. Lives matter. I, I didn't even know it was a thing. Yeah. I didn't know it was a thing. So, and, and then I don't live. I, I don't live as a black person. So yeah. then I don't understand that. Um, but uh, I don't. I don't really have an opinion. I just see it's wonderful. Yeah. I think all races should be together. I don't think it's. I don't. Look, you gave I the mean, you gave the most well, Californian yeah. answer I've ever heard because most people who like when I ask people whether they're black or white, um, when they when we speak of like interracial dating, if they're from California, it's like what what are you talking about? We don't think about that. And actually, when I was in New Orleans, I met a guy and his girlfriend, and they were from San Diego, and we were shooting pool, and and I don't know how the conversation came up, but we did start talking about interracial dating and racism and you know the the climate of where it's at in America. And, I, and even he was saying, he was like, man, I'm in California. We don't think about that. And I know me, I've visited California right. the last two or three years because it's just somewhere I've always wanted to go. And when I went, it was everything I could have ever hoped for. And to go out there and not be like nobody paid attention to me. I just blended in. So I do believe people when people say, hey, I don't pay attention to color. Not that you don't see color that somebody is black, white, Asian or Hispanic, but you don't pay so much attention to it. You don't put so much energy into it like we do here in the South. Because like I said, when I'm here, depending on what part of town I'm in, in uh, in Texas, like you may get stares if you're dating a white girl. You may get stares if you're in a neighborhood that's predominantly white and no blacks are there. But in California, you're just one drop in the ocean and nobody cares. Everybody's just living their life. So. Well, let me tell you what though. I have dated a black man uh -huh. and you tell me why black men give me an evil look when I'm dating a black man. So black that men give weird. you an evil look when you're dating another black man? Yes. Maybe because like, they maybe because oh they want you. Maybe because they want you. And not to be no, funny, I'm telling you, it either could be that or not to be funny, they could be looking at the black guy as oh, you sold out and you dating a white girl. That could be it too. I, I don't know. I just I had never experienced that before. I yeah. definitely dating a black man made me feel uh different. Yeah. 
like the way people treated me. I've never felt that way before, and it wasn't bad. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I, it, I got attention from it that mm. was un, unexpected. Yeah. Like, whoa, what is, is there something like I did, I even forgot he was black. Like it wasn't, even, you know, I'm not saying that I forgot he was black, no, but, but people are making faces and stuff. It's like, okay, this is a perfect example. I, I wear a uniform, uh. so um, and people treat me different if I go out in public in the uniform, uniform if yeah. I have to go home I'm on the way home and I might have to stop at the store and I'll forget why are they treating me so oh I'm wearing a uniform yeah. I forget that that's what I mean like so when I was out with the black man and the black man it sounds ridiculous <laughs> anyway when I was out with him just because we're talking about color when I was out with him people were looking at me and I didn't know why like all of a sudden oh it's because maybe because you're black yeah. I don't know is that why I'm getting treated different <laughs> so it's interesting I I find I find more, and you said energy, you used your word earlier, but more energy put into, and of course maybe it's because I'm white, but yeah. I find more energy put into the different races um, when I was with him, his name was Clyde, mm-hmm. when, I, when I was with him from black people. Like I never felt white people looking at me. Yeah. Never yeah. even felt different. I can understand. I can understand the black part. The black part normally, like I said, if it's a black man looking at another black man with a white woman and it looks it's a look of disgust. In my opinion, it's either because he wants one and he's probably wondering how the fuck did you get her? Or it's like I said, one of those things to where he's probably looking and saying, oh, he sold out. If it's a black woman, it's probably going to be, oh, he sold out or. You know, it may be one of those things, depending on what demographic they're in or from, they may look at it and say, you know, all our, a lot of our black men are lost to jail or the grave or whatever the case may be. And the few ones we have left, they want to date white women or it could just be somebody looking, saying, damn, she got her a good one. You know, it just depends. But it, it's a wide spectrum. But these are things I've heard. And and far as me, if yeah. I ever look at another black man with a white woman, if the white woman is beautiful. The only look I'm going to be giving is, damn, bro, you got you one. You know, you got you a good one. But other than that, like, I don't care. I, I personally uh, do not care. Um, California was beautiful when I went. All different races of women. I like white, black, whatever, you know. But I think people put too much weight into it. And I understand yeah. it from the black perspective because, you know, we've always uh, been taught to divide and, and fight again amongst each other. So you have people that's like, Hey, we need to create this community and make our community stronger, which we do, but we don't have to make our community stronger by excluding other people. And I think that's the issue. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you where mm-hmm. a lot of stuff comes from that is real honest here. Our, my parents in my generation, our parents were religious dumb. Yeah. So I'll say that use the word religion lightly. I actually had my dad tell me that uh, you will never marry a black guy because uh, a black man because um, the Bible says not to. <laughs> I got older. Yeah. He really believed the Bible said that. Yeah. They really used to teach that. There's something in the Bible they screw up that yeah. makes it sound like that. Like it has to do with like the Egyptians. Yeah, it is. Way from the Old Testament, and that's inaccurate. And yeah. I don't know if black parents told their kids that, did they? No, we didn't. See, when we, I grew up, I found out that that was inaccurate. Yeah, you know what I mean? it's definitely it inaccurate. Like, but when you're raised with that being yeah. your mindset, yeah. a lot. I think a lot of discrimination and a lot of feelings come from that. I think a lot of people, and I think we're growing out of that generation. That that 
like whatever the pastor says from the pulpit is right kind of thing. Yeah. We all have the internet access to find out for ourselves. Yeah. And I think that's a lot of the change. But the, the funny thing generation. about it is, even though the internet is there, especially here in the South and, and even some white friends that I have, it's certain things that they don't know because even though it's there for the internet, being white, it affords you uh, some sort of comfortability to where you don't have to worry about those things if it doesn't directly affect you. But I do know what you're talking about uh-huh. in reference because I've heard other people reference to black people in the Bible as that beast that God said strike down, oh or, my God. or they'll use things. Yeah, so they'll use and that and like you said, there have been people who use racism to enforce their their racism. You know, I mean their religion to enforce their racism right. or prejudices you know against what? different people. I would say, though, to an interracial couple, have fun with it. Yeah. Because you're going to bring something to the plate yeah. that uh, that your partner's not. Because you're two different, two. you are two different races. Yeah. And that you were raised totally different backgrounds. So yeah. you have some exciting stuff to bring to the bedroom. Yeah. And, and you you're going to have more excitement up. than the same same color couple. Yeah. Because you're going to bring it in new and different ways for each other. That's yeah. very exciting. So when you Pro- dated this you know guy. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, well, the interracial couples I do know have uh-huh. been married for a very long time and are very happy. Yeah. I think it was, it was some uh, statistic put out, I think, on last year. And it was crazy because it said, you know, I I don't know if it's a narrative that that was just being put out there, but it shows statistics showing that a lot of interracial marriages are more successful than white on white and black on black marriages, which is a surprise to me. But those were the statistics last year. Yeah. I mean, think about it. You know, two Italians get married. They're both going to bring the same damn meatballs. Like, we've had those our whole life already. Yeah. No, it's definitely true. <laughs> I, want, I want some other stuff. Yeah. And I've always said, I tell people all the time, and right now the, the, the woman I'm with, she's black. But I've always told people, I was like, you know, I dated white for a while. But I honestly stopped dating white and nothing ever came of it because I couldn't get past the looks and the stares. Because as a black man, you already deal with that on an everyday basis. But it's like those those stares become a little bit rougher. Those looks become a little bit harsher. You know, you may have somebody who says something and then not to be funny. You have your white girlfriend that's being treated differently by other people and not to be funny. White people aren't really raised to be on the defense like some black people are. So for her to have to do that. It was just one of those things where it, it pretty much broke us up because I was like, I'm tired of dealing with this and I would be angry about something and she didn't understand it and it just didn't work out. You just reminded me of, um, I did go out with a, um, I don't know what to call him, I would say uh, Indian persuasion, uh-huh. maybe Muslim type okay. looking person. I don't know, Muslims don't look <laughs> a certain way, but he was Middle Eastern. There we go. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> so I went out with a Middle Eastern guy and... Um, it was crazy. So we went to dinner. There was a huge wait. And I'm not trying to try to. I normally don't have to wait, and he couldn't even get attention yeah. from anybody. And uh, I was telling people later how he was. It was horrible, and they said, "Well, it's probably because of his race." And I never considered it, but now that you know, I thought you know what it probably was—the way people looked at yeah. us, and the way they looked at him, and then me with him. So you know, it's not just for sure it's yeah. all races oh yeah well yeah. that's because i mean at that's least what hard. i've been taught in the south it's like it is a trophy to have a white woman so uh, that's how they but teach you know, it we're in, yeah. we're in a day of gender 
gender bending and people are dressing like women. Yeah. And, I mean, we should be so beyond the racial. We thing. really should be. And it puts it puts a lot of pressure on. Not to be funny, it does put some pressure on white people. Then, not to be funny, for the, especially those who don't think like their parents or their grandparents, when that conflict arises, it's kind of like, what is all of this about? Like, I'm not, I don't think this way. But I mean, right. yeah, like I said, it's definitely unfortunate. I mean, in the South, it's just a little bit different. But I was gonna ask you, um, the guy when you said you dated the black guy, was that before you got married or after you um, divorced? It was after. Okay. After the divorce. Okay. And so, had you ever Wait. dated a black guy before you got married? No. Okay. The only reason and I, I don't, I don't have like I, I date this or I date that. Yeah. I just when I meet it's just whatever happens. People, yeah, I'm the same way. Different like that. Yeah. No, I'm the same way. I only ask uh, because I remember I had a lady I was talking to at one point in time when I first moved to Dallas, and she was married, and she was a white lady, but I don't think the the marriage was going so well, so she began to hit on me. And when she hit on me, I was like, oh, you're married. I don't want to, you know, go to that extent. But she did tell me, she was like, I love black men. She was like, I've never, well, she's like, I've been with one black guy before I got married. But she said, if my husband found out about it, he would divorce me. Because when they got married, she said that he asked her if she had ever been with a black dude. She said no, but he told her, if I found out that you had, I'm taking the kids, I'm taking everything, and I'm leaving you high and dry. And in my mind, I was just like, why is it so bad? For a white woman to be with a black dude or anybody to date, like you said, who they feel like they care about or want to be with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just to make the subject a little lighter, I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> you all were changing the subject here, but I, it's very funny. You know, you guys have to, you have to live up to this reputation you built for yourself. Mm. And it's not true. <laughs> yeah. The black men have a bigger one. Yes, that's not true. It's not true. It's not true in all cases. But a lot of people, but, but like, a lot of people oh, hang on, on that. You guys yeah, making that up. <laughs> well, the, the way it goes, um, again, I all well, I always try to tell people I definitely don't fact check. But if I say something and it's given statistics, if I don't remember where it comes from, I always just be like go check it out. But I did look up because we had the debate about what race of men has the biggest penis according to measurements and demographic and everything and it did say i think really? it was jamaica yeah. yeah and i think jamaica it was like jamaica was the biggest and then it was like a country like a part of africa and then it was like black men and then white men then asians and hispanic now i don't know like i tell people all the time i outside of pornos i haven't really seen another dude's penis but it's like of course when you're watching porno they're gonna get the biggest dudes out there and then people start thinking I don't, I don't watch porno. And, and they're conditioned <laughs> to think that every penis is that. But no, no, it's definitely every black man does not have a big penis. At I think all. porn is so boring. It's like, how much of that can you watch? Literally for me is if, if I, if I watch it, you put on your desk and you push it and it goes up and down, up and, and down, down. just stays the same. Yeah. Nah, for me, like yeah. when I've watched it, I always tell people, they'd be like, so do you watch it? Like, full scenes and I'm like no I was like if I'm watching porn it's literally I came there for a purpose I know what I want I get in I get out I don't go and watch 30 minute movies or, no that's why I say when I find out a pe when people tell me their husbands or their girlfriends like watch it all day every day and have it on their phone to me that's a little obsessive it's not that serious yeah right yeah but everybody has a fetish I'm not sure what you know what the deal is but it, it definitely is a fetish so before we leave, uh, where can people find you at on uh, social media? Where can they find you at as far as your website? And what does Ann Live have coming up next? Okay, 
Well, I currently have a podcast called Sleep with Anne. It is all of my energy is going to sleepwithanne.com. They can they can connect on Twitter. It's still in the process of being built, but they the uh, Twitter is there, so they can get all the latest. Stitcher. Did I say Twitcher? Twitcher, yeah, Stitcher. <laughs> I do that. <laughs> anyway, they can go to Stitcher. Oh my God. <laughs> anyway, they can uh, they can get this. You go to Stitcher and get all the latest there. I'm also on iTunes. It's the Sleep with Anne podcast. Okay. Um, and then I'm at BringBackTheFire.com for the erotic fantasy journaling courses are free. Definitely check that out. Free online. Um, you know, we cook up and eat those for free. Uh, do those for free so that will be and that's for women only okay. so that's going to be um, starting up here in another few weeks we're going to start a new one and then um, the course for couples is on there so they can take a look at that and see what that's all about find out what, what their fire brand is mm. what they have to bring to the table I definitely think there's a free survey also on there a free quiz five questions to uh, immediately help you with your relationship yeah, and bring back the fire.com. And I took that, so definitely check that out if you're listening. Uh, go check that out. Also, to keep up with all things with the reality is, you can go to www.thatherealityis. If you want to be a guest on the show or you want to talk about, uh, email us about content that we talked on the show with previous guests, you can email us at info at therealityis.com. You can follow me on social media at Anthony Roberts on Facebook, Sir Robert Paul on Instagram, and The Reality Is on all social media. Uh, always remember, guys, inhale courage to excel success. And until next week, we'll catch y'all later. Thank you for coming on, Miss Ann. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. No Is it time for a new heating and cooling system? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services and Carrier today and get 0% financing for 18 months on a new heating and cooling system. Get the comfort you deserve from Griffith Energy Services and Carrier. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today for this and other exclusive offers. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. Today on News 4 at 4, we're working for you. An inside look at the local COVID vaccine trial for kids. What children reported days after getting the shot and how it could impact the timeline of kids being vaccinated. Today at 4 p.m. on NBC4. Tonight, it's the Voice Live Rounds and Nick Jonas wants his first win. Let's get this done. Who's got what it takes and whose dream ends here? Watch live and vote to save your faves. The Voice Live Rounds, tonight on NBC.